Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's a dubbing art 370s Impact Slammiversary. But I am not alone. I have the pleasure to be joined by the ultimate one. How you doing, man? Hey, buddy. What's going on? Did you miss me? Oh. <laughs> well, we haven't spoken has... spoke since double or nothing. It has been a couple of months. So what the hell have you been up to, sir? If you don't... Uh, well, you know, I, I've been covering all the crazy stuff that's been going on in wrestling. I'm loving the whole uh, Forbidden Door stuff. Um, and then the news that's coming in. Oh, we're going to cover all that today. Um, I mean, it's a great time to be a professional wrestling fan. Not a sports entertainment fan, but a pro wrestling as, uh, wrestling fan. So, you know, I, I kind of miss uh, talking to you, though. I'll tell you the truth. No, yeah, to, to be fair, it has been strange. And like I said, with schedules and stuff like this, just haven't planned it. But now we get a chance and, and you're on the double today because obviously we've got the episode that we're doing right now for Impact. And then on Wednesday, we're going to have Ultimate One join us again for AEW. So like I said, it's been two months, but we're going to make up for it now, you know? <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So I hope the fans are ready because I have a lot to say about this anniversary show that it, it was great. I mean, I, and I keep saying the impact is improving, even though they do things that I'm like questioning it. But right now, after this anniversary show, they, they proved right there that they're not playing. They want to be major players in the prof- professional wrestling scene. And I, I like to show the way it was, but we'll, we'll, we'll go. We'll talk about it and continue on. No, that, that, but first off, I'm going to get your thoughts on Impact since Rebellion, because obviously, I mean, there's been a lot going on in the past couple of months. Have you been keeping up with Impact? And as I can guess, you've been pretty impressive where what we, you've seen heading to Slammiversary. Um, yeah, I mean, I like the whole storyline as far as from the time I think we last, I think uh, we did Rebellion to now, because we didn't get to do Under Siege, and even though that, that, that card was pretty good but it led off to other storylines but you know i like what they they did because then i think he wrestled omega wrestled moose and then now sammy callahan comes into the fray and the way they were trying so hard to keep him away from the world title shot uh, they got him suspended and then Don callus gets fired so that whole storyline is, is, is you know was is pretty good that led to slanniversity but let's not forget the other the other stories, uh, the other you know matches that involve, especially the uh, I was very surprised surprised with with uh, uh, oh my god the Matt Cardona and uh, Myers feud that Tennille Dashwood now all of a sudden was involved, you know, and I'm <laughs> like wait a minute where where, where does Tennille Dashwood land in this thing? But I, I see the way they set that up, you know, um, and, and you know I, I mean I like the way they're doing it. They're not, you, like I said, they, you could tell the impact. Not only they're trying to be big players, but they also, and if you think about it, they're the ones, you know, really making up uh, with New Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling as far as using their talent and using, you know, a lot of the, uh, the main players over there to bring them into impact. So, I mean, I got spoiler alert, but I don't want to talk about it because I heard somebody else join Bullet Club from Impact. Well, we won't want to tell the fans that yet because I don't want to be a spoiler, you know? <laughs> no, without a doubt. But it's good that you've been enjoying the product. So we're going to go straight to Slammiversary, July 17th. The Slammiversary pre-show first. It even begins, of course, with the uh, preview special. We see footage of the Impact Rebellion pay-per-view where Omega defeated uh, Rich Swan. 
tackles the Impact World title. We see some yeah. talking heads uh, talking about what the Impact World champion means for the promotion. I thought Eric Young was very, very good uh, as a talking head. Of course, Scott Demore talked about the X Division Championship being the coolest part of the company with talents like Loki, Amazing Red and AJ Styles. And I think Impact need to do this. Even if people know, they need a constant reminder of the kind of just the talent that they've had before and what the X Division actually means. Because we've spoken about this in the past as well, haven't we? Yes. Uh, and, you know, it's amazing because I, I love that, you know, Impact makes a beautiful, beautiful video package when it comes to the history of Impact. I mean, so many wrestlers today, uh, they're still wrestling to this day, and some of them may have stopped wrestling, but the, the, the amount of talent that has come through Impact, you know, we're, we're talking about the Christian Cage, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, uh, Robert Roode, I mean, we could keep on, and the guys that are still there to this day, like Chris Davian, uh, Scott Demore, who was part of Team Canada, uh, even uh, um, Eric Young, I mean, you're talking about talent that has passed through there, and the way they did this video packet and how much uh, this means as a company, especially, you know, now that Omega has this belt, he's an outsider, the way they're making him look. I mean, the, the impact, it was 19 years already oh, because they, yeah. Ring of Honor and them let, um, started about the same time and those two companies have been around and, you know, they, just when you think they're going to die, they don't. And impact has been one of those that they were in the deathbed back in 2013 all the way to like 15. And, and, you know, they're, I'm telling you, the way I look at this video package, I'm like, these guys are very, very serious of being contenders, and they're trying to bring, they're really working with the other promotions. I mean, and I mean, I, I tell you, I was very impressed with the video package. I love the video package, and that was a good way to start the, the, the before the pre-show. You could say, well, that was part yeah, of the pre-show, but, you know, it's pretty good. But even with the kind of Sammy Callahan and talking about what it means to him, why he's an impact, and it just adds, like you said, for uh, reasons for the um, uh, main event as well. And then they move back to the current talk with focus from last year's Slammiversary show, talking up to the night's instalment of the annual pay-per-view. And uh, then we hear audio from inside the Skyway Studios in the background, what appeared to be a production error, uh, with someone standing to be in the ring, cut the promo. Uh, oh, yeah, but then yeah, we get... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, somebody messed up. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You go, okay, production yeah. issues, but, yeah. you know. Um, and then, of course, we see uh, Don Callis firing through Impact Wrestling. And then finally, the countdown wraps up. We shoot live where D-Lo Brown and Matt Stryker welcome us to the San Versi pre-show. Now, unfortunately, we've had Josh Matthews this past couple of months. And I think he has been a slight improvement on Matt Stryker. Am I wrong? Or is it a kind of... Sorry, anyway, like between Josh Matthews and Matt Stryker. <laughs> yeah, Matt Stryker is a good commentator. The only thing about Matt Stryker is that he talks too much as far as trying to teach the fans the basic of the wrestling move or whatever. He's trying to get people history. Josh Matthews, I got used to hearing him at Impact because, you know, after uh, Mike Tenney left and the other guy left, now Josh Matthews took over. So, even though he used to get on my nerves and the way he used to commentate, but I got used to him being part of the commentating. So when you see a Josh Matthew compared to a Matt Stryker, yeah, Matt Stryker got all the info and he knows his, his wrestling well, but I think Josh Matthew, his flow is better than Matt Stryker. And D'Lo Brown is there. He's just, he just confused. I'll tell you why. <laughs> well, I'd say, yeah, D-Lo maybe needs a little bit more work, but from there we see David Penzer kick off the ring instructions for our loan. 
pre-show match of the evening, and it's Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championships, Decay versus Fire and Flavor, and we see the oh, champions dominated. Dominated the action. <laughs> Cutting off Rosemary for a partner. He beat her down, appeared to be well on the way to a successful title defense, until the double boot spot allowed the Demon Assassin to tag Havoc into the match. The biggest, strongest member of the match knocked around the opposition until a blind charge into the steel post left her stunned. Havoc shook it off, counted the sleeper into a tombstone, and picked up the win and titles for her and Rosemary. So, yes, your new Impact Tag Team Champions. It is Decay. What were your thoughts? Oh, this really, this really surprised me. I'm, I'm going to tell you that right now. When I saw the match, the, the matchup between Rosemary and, and Havoc, and the reason I said to myself, well, they put Havoc with Rosemary because now a tag team partner left the company. So why not put Havoc with Rosemary? I mean, they'll make a good tag team. But I thought, in, in my heart, I say Fire Flavor, they tag team um, prowlers and the way they are as, as a tag team, they're pretty good. But seeing them lose to Havoc and, 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 and Rosemary, at first, when I first saw it, I was like, wow, that's, that they're really pushing Decay again? And you know how I feel about Decay starting any damn pay-per-view, you know? <laughs> so I said, well, I guess they are really going to push them now. And we all know why they gave those belts to Rosemary and Havoc. I guess we all know that Kiara Hogan uh, left the company now. Or she did her final taping. And I think that's why. But now... What happens to Tasha Steele? She's going to be now singles because, I mean, at, at, again, at the end of the day, the, the, women's, the women's division right now in, 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 in Impact is pretty good. But with Diana Perrazzo in there uh, as far as the champion, I, I, don't, I, I see Tasha Steele in there probably being single. But that, this, this match, having uh, Fire Flavor lose was very surprising to me. You know? The match was pretty decent. But, I mean, I thought, I, I, I didn't see, um, how you call it, when I saw um, Kiara Hogan grab uh, Havoc with, like, to put her, like, some type of sleeper, and then she just grabbed that and just two-stoned her and beat her. I was like, what? I, I couldn't believe it. It, it was surprising. But, well, it was great to have the fans back, first and foremost. And like you said, yeah, Decay's yeah, technically, yeah. technically starting the show as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm impressed with Fire and Flavor the more I see him. It was quite a really fun match and a quite a nice bit. Out of five, then, what are you going to score the opening match? Um, I'll give it a uh, three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, I'm going to give it a Right, you're going to give it a four? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to give it a three and three quarters out of five because I quite enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, I think three and a half. It, was, it, was, it wasn't a bad... I mean, i seen... And me and you always joke about this all the time. Uh, when the K stars in the show, their they matches be a two or two and a half. But this was decent. It, it, was, it wasn't a bad match. It was just surprising to see Fire and Flavor lose the belt, you know, because they just got the belt a couple of months ago. But for them to yeah. lose it again, but then we know why they gave the belt to them, because Kiara Hogan is leaving the company. So. Uh, well, prediction-wise for that, of course, the WNR took on the choke slam report and both went fire. <laughs> we both went fire and we both went fire and flavor. So we yeah. both got zero points on that. And yeah. poll-wise, people voted on fire and flavor anyway, 64%. That's their own fault. <laughs> and then they run through that's the path before we start. 64%. A lot of people thought they were going to win. So that, that's, that's the part that... And, and, and let me ask you a question. Do you think... I mean, I mean, at first when I saw it, do you think it was cool to have the knockout tag team champions in the pre-show? You know what I'm saying? I thought... Then again, I said, look at the card they had. So where the hell were we going to put it anyway? But 
I think that's a fair point, especially with title change. But like you said, it might make build more excitement towards actually ordering the card if you can see like kind of fun match on the kind of yeah. kickoff or the pre-show, I suppose. Um, and then before we start the show, of course, the main show proper, your excitement level for the event and match most looking forward to? Uh, oh, definitely. The one I was looking for the most was the Omega and Callahan. Because I was like, okay, Omega's going to be in a situation. Yes, he fought Moxley in that explosive, explosive barbed wire match. But we're talking about Sammy Callahan. Callahan, you can hit him with 20,000 garbage can. That man still comes after you. So that was the match I was really, really looking forward to. Plus, I was waiting for the surprises. Because anniversary, if you guys know, that throughout the last couple of months, they kept, they kept saying, um, oh, well, you know, they're showing surprises and stuff like that. And, and you know, with the way they did it last year, where you had a bunch of ex WWE wrestlers show up unexpected. So that's what I was waiting for surprises and the Callahan and Omega match. Well, after the longest warning screen in pay per view history, you finally shoot to the cold open package tonight, Slammer First Three main broadcast. And it's all about Sammy's dream to be champion and bring it home. Then we see Kenny Omega and Don Callis arrive to the venue earlier today, as does Sammy Callahan. And then we shoot as we see the fans inside the building for a return. And of course, we get the official instructions for our opening contest here to show, which will be the ultimate X match for the championship. Trey Miguel versus Ace Dostin versus Petey Williams versus Rohit Raju versus Chris Bay versus Josh Alexander. Ooh, let me tell you that I totally forgot that the ultimate X match, the belt was on the line. I picked the wrong guy. I'll tell you right now. I know I lost that match also because I forgot that Josh Alexander was defending his belt in that ultimate X match, and I picked Trey Miguel to win it all. Uh, but go ahead. That, that match was exciting, though. Very exciting. Well, and be- and before I said, I start, and before you start, now before they uh, they mentioned the ultimate X match, did you see D'Lo Brown when um, Matt Striker asked him, "Oh, let let them know what's coming up next," and he kept looking at his papers and he was lost. He didn't know what what was coming up. I mean, that had me dying. I'm like, the man looks lost. <laughs> he, he did look to be a bit of trouble, but you know, like you say, maybe. maybe yeah. Cause sometimes the way Impact might film it as well, you know, you can be right looking at your notes if you're doing it, like you said, off screen. But as soon as the camera's on you, you should be. It's even like when you're watching the match through the monitor and when yeah, the camera's on you, you look at the ring, you know, that's the kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it, it was hilarious. He looked at all that. I felt so bad for him. Like, Matt Strike was like, tell him what's next. <laughs> 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 he was looking for his paper and he didn't know what to look at. I was like, oh my God. I was like, just start the damn match. Well, we move on like I said, the ultimate X, uh, the ultimate X match, yes. Um, to win a competitor, we'd have to climb the ring, rigging, manoeuvre their way across the ropes and retrieve the title. Raju repeatedly tried underhanded tactics to grab hold of the belt, but having to work for it. He also repeatedly failed. The competitors engaged in a mid-ring submission spot that started with a sharp shoot and went all the way up to the ropes where a hanging Alexander grabbed an ankle lock on Bay. Uh, Bay took Ace uh, out with a cut of the structure. Williams on court, can they destroy some Raju and Miguel and then delivered another to Bay, who's on the shoulders of Alexander. That looked like it killed him. Oh, and then yeah. late Alexander, <laughs> Alexander wiped out Miguel with a super exploder, then tussled with Bay over the title. Austin tried to steal the belt from them, but crashed and burned before the walking weapon finally scored the gold and assured the continuation of his reign. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Oh, my God. It's funny because Chris Bay was trying to be the smart guy trying to climb up the ropes real quick to try to grab that. The best part of, I think, that I saw two parts, and that's the one where Josh Alexander was hanging from the cross 
ropes up and stop and holding on to Chris Bay on an ankle lock where everybody had a lock on somebody. And then that vicious Canadian destroyer that Petey William held Chris Bay um, while Josh held Chris Bay on his shoulder. That was, oh my God, that was crazy. I mean, this match was awesome. And, and I'm going to give this match a, a four and a half because the ultimate act match is what brought um, to me as a person who's been watching Impact since day one. Ultimate X and the and the and the X division has been the heartbeat and the, the foundation of, of Impact. So for them to start this match and, and Rohit Rajiv, I mean, as much as he looks like he's comedic, this guy he's pretty good also. I mean he tried every every damn thing, every trick in the book to try to bring down that that belt. But right now Josh Alexander has that belt and, and, and I don't see anybody beating him, but this match was pretty good. I'm giving it, I'm giving it at least a four Four and a quarter, I'm gonna get. Four and a quarter. Well, I, oh, like I said, God. all great, they're all great talents, and the camera work missed two big bumps to the outside, which is a little bit disappointing. But Rohit was my MVP in this, and like I said, that submission yeah. spot was awesome. It's a great way to start a show, so, take so, a battle, so you guys. Rohit Roh- Roh- was your MVP guy in there. I just think, like you said, that mix of comedy uh, with what he can do in the ring as well, and I think he is like you talk about Chris Bay or you know Josh Alexander, like Rohit Raju. Trimly underrated wrestlers in the entire planet, you know. Yeah, and I think well, for me in that matchup, I think Penny Williams was my MVP because the stuff that he was doing, and, and and he's up there in age. He's been around forever. <laughs> I mean, but him to do those Canadian, I mean, and I always say this Canadian story. He was the first guy I ever see doing that move, and, you know, and everybody else followed. But ain't nobody does it better than him. So uh, to me, Penny Williams was the MVP of that match. Um, and I'm surprised that he didn't win. But then again, you had the, the you know, the weapon there. Uh, Josh Alexander, this guy's no joke. But it was a great match. Yeah. Right, so like I said, I'm going to give it a four and a quarter out of five as well. Prediction-wise, uh, Devon and I went for Chris Bay. And of course, Jake Paul went Trey Miguel, so it's still nil-nil. Poll-wise... Um, ASOS has got 30%, Trey Miguel got 14%, Chris Bay 33%, and uh, Alexander with 40% on the mm-hmm. vote there. Uh, so he was favourite. And then we see Jim Miller interview Don Callis. Uh, we see him uh, outside the room of Kenny Omega where Don Callis talks about Tommy Dreamer telling him he fired him. He reminds us that real men don't quit. They get fired. He talks about the match being ruled in no disqualification bout with a title of stake and how that is advantage of a baseball bat tote and Sammy Callahan. He talks about knowing Omega for 27 years. He knows he's been there for so many moments. He'll be there again tonight when the god Kenny Omega makes another big moment by putting Callahan away with a one winged angel. And the Callis works at impact will be complete. Um, and then we see the pre-match video package for our next match of the evening. There's, it's time for our mixed tag team bout featuring a mystery participant. Our first is Brian Myers with Sam Bill, his partner, Tenille Dashwood, along with Caleb with a K. Um, and of course, like said, we talked about, Tenille Dashwood, she wrestled a match on Impact the week previously and then came out in a couple of segments later with the Brian Myers thing. We talked about the women's division. Is there a lack of depth with the kind of how... Uh, with how big a talent they are to reuse to Neil Dashwood in this way, you know? Uh, well, I think they, 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 their problem in depth, and I think it's the women's division, they don't have a lot of female wrestlers in there, you know? And I think, depending on the day they were taping this or whatever, um, how many females they had in, in there. So, you know, who sh- uh, I don't know who she wrestled first, but maybe maybe because, you know, she probably didn't have a long match and she probably agreed to have another match. And usually you see that anyway. So, but 
I think as far as the female uh, female uh, women's division and Impact, they don't have a lot of females in the roster, you know. So, but like I said, this, this kind of surprised me that they will add Camille Daswood as part of this Brian Myers and, and, and Matt Cardona team. So that's what it threw me off a little bit when I saw that. Yeah. Well, I was about to say I was I was expecting more of the kind of singles match between Cardona and. I think the reason they didn't do it. I think the reason they didn't do it is because remember they did have a one-on-one match, and that's the one where Cardona supposedly injured his knee. And if you're gonna put them again, now you gotta add a gimmick in the match. You're gonna be like a last man standing or you know hardcore match, whatever you know. So why not add some females in there, you know? And you know, it was a good way to, for them to, to, to bring in who they wanted to bring in, which that was another surprise. I mean, I had a feeling that person was going to show up, but I just I just saw them at the Ring of Honor events in the world. So, you know? Well, we see Matt Cardona make his way out, and that who that mystery partner will be. He stops at the top of the entrance ramp, then a theme for his fiance, Chelsea Green, begins playing. The Joe make their way to the Ring of Fans chant, welcome back, nice kiss on the ramp as well. And while Stryker points out the cast of the armor green, pointing out should be medically cleared to compete. And of course, Tom, the commentators talk about real life dating history, but like Donor and Dashwood. Now he's engaged to Green. As I've seen Green um, slap Dashwood and the cat fight breaks out. The Cardona and Myers break it up. Uh, of course, leads to our matchup. But uh, we get into the details of the matchup. What were your thoughts on Chelsea Green? Because I know it's an obvious choice, but it was well, the right decision, wasn't it? It was the right decision for the simple fact that you know, Chelsea Green has history and impact. And again, like I, I said earlier, um, you know, they, they were they were um, promoting the event with surprises. They kept showing people from the past. So why not bring Chelsea Green? The only thing is that kind of surprised me, is, like I said earlier, was Chelsea Green showed up a week ago or less than a week at Ring of Honor at the best in the world. And she is part of that women's tournament that they have and so my thing is i said wow well is she signed contract wise with impact or she you know it's just a shaking hand like mike cardona is not signed with impact he just he just show up in an agreement so or she signed with ring of honor so seeing her there uh it was very surprising and the fact that she's still wearing that cap was another thing in my head like it's been eight months she still got that cap how bad that broken wrist is you know so, because the wrist is like little pieces of bone. So, and she had that, you know, she had the, the, the cast on, but it was wrapped up in black tape. We'll be interested to see what happens uh, with that. But we get straight into the match and Cardona Road early. But face first, flatline and instrument by Myers turned to tide in his and Dashwood's favour. Myers walked over Cardona for several minutes while Dashwood pulled Green off the apron and making a tag for her fiance. Green, uh, Green finally tagged in and loaded on Dashwood until both tumbled to the arena floor. Cardona down Myers and survived a low blow from Dashwood by Vril in the cup. And from there, Cardona wiped out Myers and Caleb at ringside and Green flattened to nil with the unprettier for the pin full victory. What were your thoughts? Match was pretty good. I, I, I mean, Chelsea hit a Canadian destroyer on Myers, if I saw correctly. Um, um, I think it's Daniel Dashwood, like I said, Daniel Dashwood involved in that field. I think they could have got somebody better. You know, it would have been more interesting. But I think that the only reason they did all that quick, uh, it was like probably, what, five, seven minute match? Uh, it was just to let everybody look, Chelsea Green is back. You know, so that, that match is pretty much more of uh, Chelsea Green is back. She's, uh, you know, uh, she's part of the division right now. Because after this match, I don't see Cardona and Myers 
continue in the field, you know. Um, Card, you know, Cardona, uh, actually Meyer took the best out of Cardona when they were feeding one-on-one and he pinned them, whatever. So unless you're going to have another fight, another wrestling match, it will have to be a gimmick fight. Something yeah. where loser leaves town, which they don't make those no more. Um, you know, a cage match or something crazy where the feud has to end. I don't, I, I don't see this feud ending um, like this. You know, woman fights got it. Women's got involved. No, nah. it'll look yeah. weak. So, who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. No, I completely agree with you on the Cardona Mars thing. We're going to see that. Uh, we've, like you said, a gimmick involved. Green can't add depth to the women's division. But this was another fun match. Uh, out of five, I'm going to give this three and three quarters out of five. What are you scoring it? Uh, same thing, three and three quarters. It wasn't a bad match. Uh, I think, I mean, pretty much, it, it was just an introduction to let people know that Chelsea Green is back. I mean, they made it clear. As soon as uh, you saw the they had a green background. I'm not Chelsea Green. You know, like, you know, anybody <laughs> who's smart enough and who's a, a a good wrestling fan knows that if you see green, Matt Cardona, Chelsea Green. There you go. That's that's where you know. But you know, like I said, I was surprised. I was surprised that she actually showed up six days later at another company. So again, this this uh, forbidden door, anybody could go through any company now. That's that's what it seems to me. It's just that Ring of Honor is not. Uh, I think they're acting like they're not part of the Forbidden Door, but they are because they're still working with New Japan. So, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. That's, that's the way I'm looking at it. Right. Uh, well, prediction-wise on that match, we both went Cardona and Green, so both get our first points. Uh, so, it's one all. Poll-wise, Cardona Green, 83% of the vote. So, there wasn't really that much... Uh, about that one, and then we get another video package for our next match, which of course will be a one-on-one showdown between W. Morrissey and Eddie Edwards. Um, and of course, they talk about Morrissey undefeated in Impact. Uh, we get straight into the man dominated the action early and often even shaking off a bum knee to wear down the former world champion every time it appeared. So Edwards might manage to come back. Morrissey cut him off, going as far as driving him into the ring eight for a choke slam. Eddie finally created separation with a back body drop the entrance ramp. Or followed with a Boston knee party. He took down Morrissey with a sunset flip powerbomb and added a blue thunder bomb. Couldn't put away the undefeated monster. With desperation setting in, Morrissey wrapped his hand in the chain and rocked Edwards with it before adding a powerbomb for the win. What were your thoughts? Well, that, I mean, I like how Impact protected uh, Eddie Edwards. Because Eddie Edwards, I'd say, the heart and soul of, heart, uh, of Impact now. Uh, I was very impressed. You know, I mean, the, the size comparison... I was like, okay, Eddie Edwards is way smaller than this man. This man looks like a monster. You know, I, I call him the, the steroid edge because that's what he looked like. Um, <laughs> but he dominated most of the match, to put it that way, with his strength and size. But, you know, Eddie Edwards is one guy that's not going to back off. I mean, he caught him. I think he backdropped him on the on the ramp at one point. He hit, hit him with the Boston Tea Party uh, on the outside. He even hit him with that power bomb and that blue thunder bomb. I mean... The only thing is what I didn't understand was was if he's dominating most of the match, why would he go and grab the chain from the outside and hit him? But again, they're trying to protect Edward and they're trying to protect Morrison. So the match was decent. I mean, it, it was a uh, you know David versus Goliath type thing. But this their, their feud is not over. That feud is not over. I know that for a fact because uh, I could see Eddie Edward um, uh, pretty much. Uh, challenging Morrissey again, this time probably in some hardcore death match, some type of thing, and he'll probably get, get back a win, and then, you know, because Eddie Edward has become the, like, 
Sammy Callahan's little brother now, you know, because he's always in some death match. But it's fun to watch, so, you know, I can't knock him for Yeah. Now, I was going to say, like, both men are looked at as main event talent as well, aren't they? So this is the kind of thing they're trying mm-hmm. to protect. Uh, try I felt to, it was a little you, bit. You try to, you got to protect Morrissey anyway, at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, this is the thing, and it's quite slow at the start. Morrissey already taking shortcuts, but I guess you can let it off considering, like you said, Eddie Edwards is classed as a main event talent. Uh, what are you going to score out of five? Uh, I'll give it three and three quarters. I'm just going to give that a kind of three. I just thought it was kind of flat match, so to speak. Um, predictions, both went Morrissey, so it's two all there. And poll-wise, Morrissey, 53% of the votes. So it's quite tight. With him and Eddie oh, Edwards, sure. We, we, we were tied that, that long? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> we... are uh, getting my ass all the time, so... <laughs> well, we go backstage with Moose is alone in the room and talks directly into the camera. Delivers a quick message to his opponent for tonight. Chris Sabin vowed to prove he's Mr. Impact and the God of Wrestling. And then we see Jim interviewing fans about being back inside the building for tonight's show. And she talks one particular squeaky voice nerd comes. Commotion breaks out behind her. We see Madman Fulton and Shearer come down to the ring from the back. Now bickering about something when Scott Demore shows up. He talks about Shearer being upset he couldn't be at ringside during the old X match. He decides that the two look like the ready fraction, so they give him some action in the form of two spies opponents. And on that note, out comes the duo. Finn Juice, Finley and Juice Robinson make their way down to the ring, and Demore calls for a quick and prompt match. And that's exactly what we get. It's literally a minute or two before the bell rings. Finn Juice picks up the quick and easy victory. Uh, what do you think of the, this uh, so, so-called match? But more of the surprise of Finn Juice. I, I, yeah, listen. I, 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 I watched that match and I'm like, okay. I understand you're trying to bring Finn Juice, you're trying to bring in New Japan wrestlers because you did, again, you did promote that some New Japan wrestler was going to show up or whatever. You bring in Finn Juice, but at the same time, you're killing Madman Fulton and Shiva and making them real weak. Madman Fulton, I, I think that guy should be. Um, in a higher level than what he's at right now, you know. Um, for him to be teaming up with Shiva, it didn't make sense. To me, it didn't make sense. But then they started arguing in the middle of the match. And I'm like, okay, this didn't make sense. Okay, I understand that you um According to the storyline for the Ultimate X, they were bad for ringside. But you're going to make them team up. And then when they're about to fight Finjus or wrestle Finjus, now they get into this argument. The match lasted, what, two minutes? If you want to bring in Finjus, you can bring in Finjus as... Maybe when once the uh, the four way tag team um, it's it, it, you know it's done and they come out and they'll challenge um, the good brothers whatever the case may be or whatever the winner is and then you know but not like this I think it was just uh, to me I love the Jews I just didn't like the way they did Matt Matt Fulton and Shira because these guys are the futures of the of the company you're gonna make them look weak I, I think that was. You was making them look weak. I don't, I don't know if you agree with me with that, but I think Matt Matt Fulton, that guy is, I mean, he should be at another level. He should be at least going for, I um, mean, for, for some title there, you know? Yeah, uh, I, complete, I completely agree. Like I said, sometimes, uh, like I said, it's nice seeing Finn Juice come in, but then you have to look at the long-term goals uh, from mm-hmm. this as well. And then we get a video package for the next bout uh, leading up between Moose and Chris Sabin. Now, before I get into the match, um, is this a step? I mean, obviously, it's a step down from Moose. Uh, how do you think Moose should be booked? I mean, he's just faced Kenny Omega, come up short thanks to the Bucks getting uh, interfering, and then he's facing Sabin at the next pay per view. Well, you know, I, I don't know why these wrestling companies do this. 
they, they signed a guy. They got him for another two years, right? The guy was real hot at the beginning of the year. He did end up with saving, and Rich wanted to go after the elite in the beginning of Hard to Kill, I think it was. And <coughs> um, now all of a sudden, the guy loses to um, he loses to Omega, not even cleanly, because there was outside interference. And all of a sudden now, they're bringing him down to the mid-card level. I, I don't understand that. And then I, I see what they were trying to do as far as the storyline between Moose and Saban when he turns back on Saban. And they figure, well, we're going to put Saban against Moose because Saban's been around for a long time. As far, I think it was for more like the, as part of the anniversary you know, to give Saban against Moose who's been hot, whatever. I just don't like what they're doing with Moose right now. Like you're bringing him back down, and, and and this guy should be as one of the top, maybe the top two guys in the company, right? Because I think Sammy Callahan and Moose has been the top two guys in the company, and and, and the way I see it now, all of a sudden, now you're bringing him back back down to make car level. I don't understand that. No, like I said, uh, it, it, it's it's strange to see, and I'm glad I'm not alone with that. So Saban and Moose, and Moose came out with some. Interesting entrance attire, should we say? And Saban cut a frantic pace early, only to have his onslaught negated by the strength and ferocity of his opponent. Moose punished Saban, chopping him and obliterating him with a drop kick to the face. See high risk moonsault by Moose allows Saban to mount a comeback, but Moose halted his momentum with a fall away slam from the top rope. That is incredible strength and agility. He ragdolled Saban back and forth into the barricades, but Saban ever is in it. Babyface caught Moose with the dreaded roll up for the upset victory. So Moose loses again. Let me tell you something. This this damn dreaded move roll ups that I've been seeing in wrestling the last couple of weeks. Between WWE and Impact with his roll ups. Again, like I said earlier in my statement, where I think the reason they put Saban in this match is because of the anniversary show. He's one of the originals. And for, for him to, I mean, I, I don't understand. Why would you pin the guy who's been hot the last six months to a guy? He pretty much the last six months has been in an attack team. He has gotten pinned. He has gotten beaten up. Um, so now you got Saban, who right now you're not you're not making Saban world champion. No time, nowhere in the future. In the future, to a guy who just signed a two-year deal, who could be your future world champion. So I don't understand why would you have Saban pin him and whatnot? Because at the end of the day. You know, Saban's not going to win the world title anytime soon, you know, or I don't see him in the world title picture. So why would you get him most pinned, get pinned by Chris Saban? So like I said, it's just, you're bringing him down to mid-card level. This guy is talented. I mean, he did, let me put it this way. How many seven-foot guys have you seen in your wrestling, you know, fan history do a, a fall-away slam, um, it was like a fall away slam moonsault from the top yeah. rope while holding a guy who weighs almost 200 pounds. Nobody, you never see nobody do that. He does uh, the Spanish fly from the top rope. Nobody does it better. He's one of the top three guys that does it besides Will Osprey and Lance Archer. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, I don't understand why would you do that. And this is why, in fact, this is why I get mad with Impact because you're doing great with a wrestler. And then once a wrestler signs with you, now you. You want to do all crazy stuff. I mean, look what they've done to Sue Young, but we won't talk about that. 
But this is the thing, and it's not like a shot of saving because saving's all right, but it's just like the treatment of Moose, especially being at the top of the mountain and then losing again another big show because, you know, obviously with Rich and everything like that, he's lost Rich now, he's lost against Sabin, he's lost against uh, Kenny Omega. Uh, what are you going to score this out of five, like? Well, as far as the match was concerned, even though I wasn't too happy with the result, the match was decent. You know, it, it was a decent match. I, I'll give it probably a three, three and three quarters, in my opinion. I just didn't like the way he got pinned. But the match was decent. The match wasn't a type of match where it was boring, whatever, because Tabin came out strong. He, you know, he started, get, um, he started working on Moose's legs and all that stuff. Uh, and, you know, from there, you know, Moose did what he did. I mean, and he did pretty well, so I'll give it a three or three quarters. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three and a quarter out of five. Predictions, we both went Moose, so it's two all still. Uh, and, of course, poll-wise, Moose got 69% of the vote. An Omega fan for life put, they're not going to have Moose lose two pay-per-views in a row. I'm sorry, well, mate. They, well, uh, they did. Exactly. They did. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's the part that killed me. You just had him in the, one of the biggest matches of his career, and he didn't lose clean. And then you're going to put him in there with Saban. And I understand the storyline. And I understand what's the purpose of it. But you could have chose somebody else instead of Moose. You know, Moose is just right now. He's been the hot. I think he's been the MVP guy in the half of the year. And, 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 and But he's, he's the guy that you want people to look at. You know, no offense to Sammy Callahan or Eddie Edwards. But, you know, he looks like he's leading your company. Yeah, he's and I think, you know. He still he looks like a champ. He walks like a champ, but you know, like I said, you know, I don't know what the I don't know what the guys in the backstage or higher ups are thinking, but this guy should be pushed to the moon. They should have pushed him from the moon from the get go. But you know, yeah. then they put him with when they, by the time they put him with Omega, you know, um, he already had lost the risk one, you know. Um, so and then his match with Omega wasn't all bad either. They, you know, they. They didn't make him look strong, and then the way the ending of the match, a lot of people were upset about that. The way they ended that match, you know. So we'll see what happens well, next, next page. Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's hope Moose um, they can get behind him again, rebuild him, and then we get a quick backstage victory promo from the new Impact Knockouts Tag Team Champions, Decay, heading into the Impact World Tag Team Championship match: Rich Swan and Billy Mack versus Falabar and the Mystery versus Violent uh, by Design, uh, and Bar stops at the top. Chanting his name and his music volume phase down. He gets on the mic and talks about being asked to cut with a replacement for TJP. He says, It's no way, Jose. And out comes No Way, Jose. And some friends and dancers oh, and make their way yeah. down to the ring. They sing and dance and they get to ringside. Now, I know you're not a huge WWE fan. So, what do you think of these cast offs coming who are just literally just a gimmick? <coughs> Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm not a WWE fan now because of the way they're treating the product. And some other guys that go, I figure, listen, if WWE lets you go, now you don't have to do, you don't have to wrestle the way the WWE saying you got to wrestle. Change your gimmick. Do something different. But when you come in with that same dumbass gimmick that you came in from WWE and then Impact, you know, and I get mad with Impact because Impact, I know you got guys like Tommy Dreamer in there, you got the guys that have been in the business. Then maybe you could tell Jose, look, change your gimmick a little bit, do it this way. But you come in with the same gimmick that didn't get over in WWE, you're trying to bring it in non-impact. So, I mean, I mean, it was nice seeing him. Because I'm like, okay, maybe he'll have some resurrection in his career. But 
in the match, he did something and he botched. I'm like, I, I'm done. I'm, I'm freaking done. I'm like, you know, I, I was like, I know him and uh, Bob, I'm not going to win. I'm not going to win. But uh, uh, when I saw that, and, and he looked taller than everybody except Joe Doring and Luke Gallo. So I'm like, I can't. I can't. I mean, he looked that, good. He looked good as physical wise, but his gimmick, I'm like, no. Nah, this this was kind of silly. Uh, but weird enough, Tommy Dreamer did reference this on Impact when Diana Prazzo asked him who her partner would be, and he says, "No way, Jose." And he goes, "It's not going to be him." So why oh. say that when you're going to use him at the paper? I just didn't understand. Like, We're talking about Tommy Dreamer here. Uh, 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 yeah. I got. I got yeah. Tommy Dreamer. I, I don't understand why would you say that when the guy's going to show up at the paper. <laughs> And okay. also, what was on Joe Doring's head? As he came out, <laughs> he had Check your mic, buddy. Check your mic. It was the mic on. I was about to say with Joe Doring. He had something on his head. And I had no idea what it was. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Is it Was it me? Oh, Violent by Design came out looking weak in a, in a damn match. Yeah, uh, they, they look weird. But as I say, I'm not sure about what they have. We get into the match. Now yeah, we see Doc Gallows. I'm like, we I got Doc- a lot to say about that match. Because I'm like, violent by design, look at it, violent by, and I don't want to wrestle. Well, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson cut off Swan. I slept in the corner until tagged in no way. Saw the fun-loving man explode into the match. He actually broke down, giving way to a tense stare down between Gallows and a massive dough ring. The heavyweights exchanged hard choke before the other combatants re-entered the ring. Just as it appeared, though, Dora Ring and Rhino were about to retain their titles. The good brothers entered the match. Drove the world's widest man into the mat and win the magic killer and stole the win and the championships. So yeah, what are your thoughts? Let me see. Uh, first of all, I was waiting and waiting for Dorian and Luke Gallows to go at it. I waited and waited. It's like the match is mostly Rich Swan and Willie Mack against the Good Brothers because they the Good Brothers dominated this match. They were beating up on Rich Swan for most of the match, and when and by the time you know, the, the Violent by Design came in. It was like the Good Brothers already had taken control of everything. Um, the, the, the nice part was Doring and Gallows going at it. Two big guys going at it. But it, I don't know. Was it Violent by Design were hurt or somebody was hurt? Because, I mean, Rhino, he, he got hit with the Magic Killer. And they pinned him like nothing. So, I mean, I think, I don't think they should even put that as a forward. If, you could, if you're going to give the belts back to the Good Brothers, you might as well have put Good Brothers against Violent by Design. I think that would have been a better match. Uh, I, I got to get this match at three, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I was very, very disappointed uh, uh, because I thought, because of Violent by Design being part of they are the world, they were the world champs, being in there, they were going to be in there more consistent, and you only saw really the Good Brothers taking over the whole match. Um, you had a little comedy there between No Way Jose and Ray Swan. But, you know, you know, No Way Jose and Bob was not going to win that. You know that. Not with No Way Jose in there. Hell no. Uh, but I don't know. It, it, it could have been a better match. And this is why I say after that match was over and whoever won the title, Finn Juice could have came out there and made it more interesting. But they didn't do it. They, they, put, that, they put them like two matches ahead or whatever it was. But this match could have been better. Uh, I, I, I gave it a three. Yeah. I mean, a mix of characters. I mean, there was quite a mix of characters in that matchup. It was an okay match with the right win. I'm going to give it three and a half out of five. Prediction-wise, we both went good brothers, so it's still free all. Poll-wise, you're, 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 ma- you're being nice by giving it a three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. 
poll wise, Swan and Matt got 13%, Bar 14%, VBD 33 and the Good Brothers 40% there. And after a quick check in backstage, we see Kenny Magman in his locker room and Sunny Callahan in his. They count down the five moments to the big main event. And then we see the um, video package for the knockouts title on the line. The virtuoso Jenna Preso, as she puts up against a mystery opponent. We see her make her way to the ring and get a huge reaction from the fans. He settles and um, follows some long, drawn-out silence. We hear the entrance music on the mystery title challenger as former NWA Women's Champion and AEW Women's Wrestling veteran Thunder Rosa making her way out. She gets in the ring. The fans break out in a Thunder Rosa virtuoso and chant. That just so happens to rhyme. Uh, before we get up to the match, what were your thoughts of Thunder Rosa being the mystery opponent? Oh, listen, that really, that was another big time surprise. I did not expect it. Um, and this, I, once I saw that, Thunder Rosa against Yana Parada, that's a dream match. Any any promotion, any promotion. And again, Impact, uh, they, they did themselves with that one. Um, and I mean, I was happy. I like her, her new gimmick now. She came with that bird head, whatever it is, but it looked nice on her. It was it was fun to see that. I was like, wow! It's like I dropped everything. And I really wanted to watch this match and focus on this match. Well, it is the Impact Knockouts Championship: Dylan Prazzo versus Thunder Rosa. We get early back and forth, give way to a missile drop kick to the face painted challenger, only for Prazzo to twice look for a Fujiwa armbar. Rosa escaped and delivered a double stomp to the spine of the champion for a close two count. Prazzo escaped the Thunder Driver and showed her adaptability, abandoned the submission attempts, delivered a Queen's Gambit pole driver for the win. Uh, what were your thoughts on the matchup? The match was great. And the, the fact that Diana Parado tried to put that on bar on Thunder Rosa and was unsuccessful shows you what Thunder Rosa is made of because her MMA background. Um, but Diana Parado, I'm telling you, there is no one in the business right now hot as far as you know her win streak, her, her, her wrestling skills. Diana Parada is the truth, is the real, she, I, I'll consider the real world champion professional wrestler. This woman, even Thunder Rosa, who, former NWA champion, who took Britt Baker to the limit with a uh, non-Saxon match, she couldn't beat her. So, who is out there who could beat her? I, I don't think nobody could beat her. And with that right right there, I think it, uh, it justifies what I'm saying as far as Diana Parada. And this is a woman that I follow her day to ring of honor you know uh then where she was just starting and where she's in that now from 2014 to now seven years man that woman has i'm like a big fan of her big time i'm dying for her to show up at AEW and challenge Britt baker well with the owner it's the little touches and the looks that are just so top oh and, and people that realize just watch her wrestle and she does everything for a reason and mm-hmm. you know you, you can see that uh, for me the only complaint was it was too quick i could have done with a lot longer with these two oh, women oh really you you, you thought it was quick I, I i could have had 25 minutes of this you know that is true it would have been cool but you know um i, I, I think I, I don't have to complain the timing i guess because i, I got into it like because i was like wow this is like a dream match you know um yeah, yeah I, could, I think it could have been a little longer but you know Yana Parazzo, man, when she starts working on her body parts, I mean, you can't really, you can't really do nothing. You're not gonna last long, you know. She kept yeah. working on that arm, and the only thing that, I think, if it wasn't a, if it wasn't Thunder Rosa in that ring, 
uh, whoever was in there with her would have quit because she put the armbar uh, about three or four times and Thunder Rosa was able to escape and it's because of her MMA, Black Rose. But anybody else, they would have tapped. It would have been shorter than but, that. You would have really had a complaint. Yeah, and then, but also another thing I like is, like you said, they didn't, uh, Thunder Rosa didn't tap out. It's pinfall. Yeah, she lost, but submissions always seem to maybe a little bit worse. But once the match wrapped up, Looked like Proxima had something to say. She grabs the microphone. Before she can speak, however, the female Mickey James hits in the fans' impact zone, as well as commentators for Big fans break out in a welcome back chance. Mickey gets on the mic. She says, it feels good to be back in front of a live crowd again, she's saying. And she says, being here in Nashville, she knows there's one thing everyone likes, and that's country. The other Proxima takes exception to Mickey. She's trying to steal a spotlight and a big moment. And Mickey says that while she's out, she runs down some of the many accomplishments Jonah has achieved an impact. Mickey brings up being the VP of NWA Empowered, and she then extends an invitation to Perazzo. Perazzo says, of course, Mickey wants her on the show, just like every other company. She again criticises Mickey for ruining her moment. She tells to everyone a favour, grab your trash bag and get the hell out of here. Mickey drops her mic and slaps the owner. Jonah tries to swing her back, but Mickey blocks it and drops to a big kick. She shouts out, take that bitch, and says, now that's hardcore country. And music plays as Jonah leaves with her title. Um... What are your thoughts on that? I, I, I laugh because I love how anti takes shots at WWE. Because they told her, grab your garbage bag and leave. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, anti just give it up. Stop taking shots at WWE. Like, come on, stop. I mean, as far as the whole segment, uh, I I liked it for the simple fact that shows you the impact is maybe working with NWA. Or them not, it's not that it might, but they are working with NWA. For Mickey James, is under contract with NWA, so that shows you that probably you may see that they have an NWA tournament coming up, I think um, next month. Um, they might use some of the women from um, Impact. Um, and Impact is not afraid to work with other companies because I've seen them work with House of Glory out here in New York. Um, they've done um, interviews with them, but you see they're working with AEW uh, New Japan. But it's cool because they're trying to right now. NWA is extending uh, an invitation to Diana Perazzo to come into this tournament. Goes to show you that the wrestling business, professional wrestling business, uh, besides WWE, knows that Diana Perazzo is the real deal. You know, I can see her and maybe Britt Baker, but not, um, you know, um, I think Britt is injured, but, you know, Diana Perazzo right now is the real deal. You know, this was great because it shows you that Mickey Day may be the. Next girl who may have a title shot is Diana Perazzo because Diana Perazzo has run rob shot all over the women's division. I don't see nobody beating her yet. No, but like I said, the forbidden doors continue to open. It appears now that the impact has some relationship with NWA. And that's the case. The potential for crossovers in the women's division is plentiful and fresh matchups for Perazzo. So it's a win win situation for both. Uh, for the match, though, uh, out of five, I'm going to give uh, Perazzo and Rose uh, three and three quarters. What were you going to score it? Yeah, I'll give it a, about three three quarters. It could have been, it could have like I said, it could have been a little longer. The match was pretty good. Uh, maybe because it wasn't in a big arena, um, and there was more crowd. I think if they would have done it in a bigger arena, bigger place, and, and people would have got into it, I think it would have been a little longer. But you know, the way they, it was she they, they wrestled at the total, almost the end of the card. So you know, well, prediction wise, both both went Perazzo with. Um, Lovelace's mystery, so it's still for all as we head into the main event. Paul Wise only got 56% of that. And then we get quick ad time promoting Impact Wrestling Homecoming on the 31st. 
and Impact Wrestling Bound for Glory in Las Vegas, October 23rd. Uh, and then we get home cut. I don't know why. They're literally doing the end of this month. Really? I thought it was the 29th. I don't know why. Right. Yeah. I want to check Homecoming. I, already, I know some of the results already, but I, ain't, I know it's spoiler for the fans. <laughs> well, like I said, we're Homecoming. Hopefully we'll carry it here on the WNR podcast. And then the main event video package to tell the full story leading up to tonight's main event, which features Kenny Omega against Sammy Callahan and no disqualification match for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. We're, uh, we're going to get straight into the action because the draw struck early, delivering a pile driver for a close near fall for producing a pizza cutter and slicing into the forehead of the champ. He tore off Omega's forehead and delivered Death Valley driver. Omega re- reeling wisely rode to the floor. Omega fought off a roll-up, sending Callahan headfirst into a steel chair, propping the ropes. The champ followed up by using Callahan's fork against him, driving it to his forehead and blooding the challenger. He double-stomped a table into Sammy as he continued his onslaught. That was great-looking stuff. The champion set up for a pile driver for a table, but the challenger grabbed him low and delivered one of his own. That looked vicious. And then Callahan produced a barbed wire wrapped chair, but Omega delivered a power bomb on the weapon, followed it with V-Trigger, but could not put him away. A suplex onto the concoction of referee, also finished to finish uh, Callahan. A tombstone on the chair, but then blinded by salt thrown in his eyes, Callahan delivered a pile driver to the referee, as you do. Uh, Chris Saban and Edwards fought off the Good Brothers for them from interfering on Omega's behalf, but Don Callis did though, allowing Omega to deliver consecutive V-triggers assisted with thumbtacks. The one-winged angel on the thumbtacks put away the draw, and Omega successfully retained his title. So a lot of shenanigans. Nope. What were your thoughts on that main event? Well, that main, listen, that main event was, first of all, the way Sammy Callahan came out of nowhere and just power drive Omega out of nowhere, and I thought he won the match. I mean, he had me standing up from my feet. I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to pin him. And then the, the pizza cutter, I mean, it, it, you knew it was going to be brutal. I mean, I enjoyed every minute of that match. That match, I think, uh, even though I was really, um, uh, I wanted Callahan to win, which I had a feeling he wasn't going to win. But I said, it's a no disqualification. Something's going to happen. Somebody's going to get in. Um, and, you know, this was an awesome match. I would like to see them go at it again at this type of level again. You know, that's that's how much I like it. Um, and Omega, I mean, besides the moves match, um, and he had the wrist form match, which was pretty good. This match, I think he topped both of those matches. And, um, you know, he took a beating. I got to give it to Omega. He took a beating. Coming from Sammy Callahan, you go in that ring, you know you went for a beating. And Callahan, you got to give it to him. He took a lot of punishment. And, I mean, this match was awesome. Uh, and right now, that match, I would give it, you know, think I'm crazy, but I give that match a four and three quarters. But that match was good. And this is a hardcore match, but it was great. I mean, um, you knew Omega was going to win somewhere, somehow, especially with John, you know, without Callis around, no disqualification. But I would love to see these guys go at it again. Well, I, I thought it was real shades of Cactus versus Triple H, you know, that the Rumble yeah. and stuff like that. Um, with the kind of young, you know, the young champion, but the, the champion having to go through this kind of mentally deranged masochist, so to speak, oh, wow, you know. Wow. Uh, you, too, you took me back. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> uh, this is vicious, brutal finish. Um, the only thing that I laughed at during this is the rope break to stop a pinfall in a no disqualification match. Wow, like, I, I forgot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I, I think Impact messed up there. I don't know. But, but it didn't take yeah. it didn't take away the match itself though. I mean, I totally forgot about that too. I forgot to write down my name. Yeah. 
No, no, well, that's, you know, the uh, rating, I'm going to give it four and three quarters out of five as well. Like I said, really good main event. Uh, but once the match wraps up, Callis leaves his position at the outset and heads to the ring, as do the good brothers, the elite group, celebrating the ring, get ready to do the two sweet hand gesture touch in the middle of the ring, just as the lights in the impact zone go out. When the lights come back up, the theme for the Bullet Club's own Jay White plays as he makes his way down to the ringside to a stunned, silent crowd and equally perfects commentary team. The switchblade slowly makes his way down to ringside, hopping the ring eight before finally entering the ring as the fans chant his name. He stares over at Kenny and Mega Doncaster and the Good Brothers. He all throw up the two sweet hand gesture and look over at White. Uh, White looks around at the fans and pauses to lean towards them in the commentary and say, here we go. But then the Impact Wrestling logo flashes across the screen and the pay-per-view goes off the air with the cliffhanger. Um, it looks like Mega wasn't that happy about it. Uh, what were your thoughts on the ending of this? And for anybody that doesn't know Jay White, what does he bring to Impact as well? Oh, my God. The King Switch. <laughs> Mr. King Switch, the leader of the Bullet Club. He, listen, a lot of people, if they have not seen Jay White and his wrestling matches, he brings a lot to the table. This guy is, he's one of those guys that he will take it to a 35, 40 minute match and he would take punishment, but he would deliver the punishment. He's a trash talker when he's in that ring. And trust me, this guy, he's been IWGP champion. He's been IWGP Intercontinental champion. He's the current Never Open Way champion. So this guy has won the championship. He won the United States. IWGP champion a couple of years ago. So this guy's resume is not, you know, he has been the who is who in New Japan. And he's beaten Kenny Omega in the past. He beat Kenny Omega first for the uh, United States champion in 2017. Uh, this guy, Wink, he is no joke. All I'm saying right now. And if everybody thinks that, you know, oh, he came from Japan, he's he's going to get, you know, he's going to get pinned very easily in, in uh, Impact. Mm-mm. This guy is the real deal. And like I said, like I said in my podcast um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, with him coming in there, do not be surprised. He's not coming in there by himself. You know, be, don't be surprised. The Gorillas of Destiny, Tamataja Tamaloa, uh, shows up in Impact along with him and, and Masahito Ghetto, or Jado actually, and shows up there. This is a great, like I said, this is a great time. To cut, uh, be a professional wrestling fan, and Impact is taking advantage of this New Japan working relationship. They just, they didn't, they didn't open it though. They kicked down the door with Jay White showing up as Nana Well, the thing is, the Impact have done. We talked about the Forbidden Door in the past, but Impact seems to have just been embracing everything. And you know, you look at the um, look back on the pay per view. You know, it's, it's 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 unbelievable the kind of the talent that's involved as well and you know jay white and a lot of people might not have know and might not know what's going to happen but this looks would you say that the bound for glory looks to be kind of set now with jay white via mega or will we see twists and turns on the way there the uh, for bound for glory uh, according to reports that i have been reading and i think they did announce it on the pay-per-view and i didn't really notice it until like two days later Buffalo Glory, uh, the way Impact is doing it, I think they're going to have AEW, AAA, New Japan um, stars join them for that Buffalo Glory. Uh, I could see, um, I definitely could see Kenny Omega versus Jay White at the main event for Buffalo Glory. Uh, now, is Jay White going to stay there? Because we're talking about Buffalo Glory, the thing is in October. 
um, if I'm correct. So we spoke like three months ago. So uh, if these guys are going to meet up down for Bound for Glory, what's going to happen from that this now all the way to Bound for Glory? And like I've mentioned, there's no way that Jay White's going to be there and right now getting into it with the Good Brothers and King Omega by himself. He's going to need help. So don't be surprised if the Good Brothers, I mean, not the Good Brothers, the Brothers of Destiny show up at Impact. Because this is something for everybody to think about. Not right now, New Japan has this thing, the summer struggle going on in New Japan uh, the last two or three weeks, right? During that time, the Gorillas of Destiny have not worked any of those shows. So that means to tell me that they're in the United States. So these guys are in Florida. So, you know, don't be surprised if one of these weeks you see them show up out of nowhere. Where they probably attack Day White and, and, and they're about to do something, then they show up and they challenge the Good Brothers. I mean, Listen, Impact right now has the ball in the court. They are they, they are taking, like you said, they're embracing this forbidden door and they're running with it. It's not like what AEW is doing. AEW is not running with the with the with the ball because they figure like, well, we really don't need New Japan. So we won't need New Japan more is Impact. So Impact is embracing this and they're running with it. And now Bob for Glory, they talk about bringing in Triple A. Uh that's uh Triple A, that's a Mexican company. Um, you talk about New Japan, AEW, and then themselves. That's full promotion. And who knows? NWA could be in it from way down the line. So it's going to be like a big supercar called Spot for Glory. It's going to be awesome. Like I said, it's an awesome time. Right, let's go back to Slam Versus quickly because we just, obviously, the main event, uh, poll-wise uh, for that, uh, Omega was 62% of that. And prediction-wise, we both went Omega. So final scores five or we drew again when it comes to pay-per-views. There's no separating us. Yeah, because we're, we're so good at it. That's why. <laughs> uh, so, just three things before we wrap up Impact. Uh, first off, who was your MVP of the night for Impact Wrestling mm. uh, for Slammiversary? Um, like I said, Petey Williams. I think because, you know, uh, after all these years, he's been with the well, He's been on and off with the company for the last 19 years. And, and if you look at a guy like that, that, you know, after all these years, He's still doing that, you know, can end the story anywhere. I mean, he could be on the top rope to somebody's shoulder. So, if he went, even though he did not win the match, but to me, he he was the MVP of the night. I mean, because, I mean, he still, I mean, I don't know how old, he's in his 40s, I know that. But he still got it. He still got it. I mean, there were others there that I could say that, that you know, show Eddie Edwards, you know, he did pretty good. But I think... I think I got to say Sammy Callahan because I know he's the hardcore death match, probably his best thing, but he looked like a main event player alongside Kenny Omega and delivered a hell of a main event as well. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, Kenny Omega, it's because he was involved and it's Sammy Callahan's domain. And I think it just shows you what he can do there. Um, the match of the night, I think both of us said it was the main event. Are you happy with that being our match of the night? No. I go with that and Ultimate X because I think they were both in that same level. I think uh, the Ultimate X, I liked it. Because I, you know what? The Sammy Callahan and Omega was was what I expected. I mean, it was fun. But I think the Ultimate X was a little bit better me because of the guys who were involved. Well, Ultimate X, your match of the, uh, the night. And then finally, a rating out of 10 as well. Uh, well, that adversity to me was an 8.5, close to a 9. Because they they hit it out of the ballpark. They, they 
This painting rules remind me of rebellion. Uh, and this is better than rebellion. So, to me, uh, the way they promoted it, I mean, even though they had Okada, they had all this, but I know what it is, it's a more joke. So when you first saw that, when you started promoting that in Rebellion, you think, oh, oh my God, Okada's going to be a Samoa Joe. Gonna be. Samoa Joe had, was just let go from WWE. So, but even though those guys weren't there, but you had the Chelsea Green showed up. You had the Thunder Rosa. You had, who else showed up there? Uh, Jay White. I mean, that was a big, big thing. Even though um, word was that Andrade was the one they were going to pick to do that as just as they wife, but because of uh, financial situation, they couldn't come to an agreement that they had Jay White showed up. So, you know, um, but, you know, it was great. It was, a, I gave it a, uh, I'm going to give it a nine. That's how good it was. Yeah, no, I literally, a nine is what I'm going to give it. Everything delivered and all the surprises. And when you look at a show where the matches deliver and you, the surprises actually add to it. The other thing about a, a pay-per-view, I think so many people forget, is it's not just the actual show itself, but it's what you want. And this is set the stage now for the next three months. Like I said, we're talking about an event that happens in October, in July, and it shows you they knocked out of the park and that pay-per-view to build our expectation for it. And you know what's crazy about it? And luckily over here, I, I'm able to watch it on demand. I totally forgot to record Impact this week. And then I saw a little bit of clip of what happened. I'm like, I'm so mad because I'm like, oh, damn, I didn't get to see it. That is crazy because a year ago you would have never had me worried about not watching it. So that tells you, I mean, me as a professional wrestling fan, that I'm so interested, I'm so invested in what's going on. I may miss a couple of episodes, but I always go on YouTube and check what's going on, or I see little clips. But I'm like invested right now, especially now with Bound for Glory coming up in October, and now that the, the announcement that AAA is involved in Japan and AEW. That might be one of the best Bound for Glory shows ever. But we'll see, and we'll see where the storylines go. If Jay White's going to end up wrestling Omega for the belt, is he going to put the never open weight title on the line? Because now their feud is about who's the real belt collector. You know? Yeah. So, um, and this has been going on since January of last year, of this year, actually. So, that's where everybody, if you're an Impact wrestling fan, this is what you got to look at. And, you know, these guys are going to wrestle each other on, on uh, Bronco Glory, and it's um, Jay White's belt is on the line. Because if Jay White's belt is on the line, and White loses the belt for Omega, which I probably could see that happening, then you probably could see the IWGP champion showing up at Impact, and though that belt goes into the ring, uh, um, rest probably for next year. But we'll see, though, because right now Omega, <laughs> Omega has his hands full right now. He has... Adam Page coming up, um, he's after his belt. You got Andrade, he's trying to go after his Triple A belt, and they're going to wrestle next month at, uh, at Triple Mania. So Omega got his hands full. I think that would be an understatement uh, to say. He's got his hands full. But like I said, it builds so much excitement. And finally, we finished with Lance Storm because he said Slammiversary, in addition to their Impact roster, had talent associated with AEW, NWA, Ring of Honor, AAA, and New Japan on that show. What a time to be a fan, and what a time to be a wrestler, and you can't really argue with that. Um, the next time with Impact Wrestling will be August 4th for Homecoming. Now, uh, because they've got, I think it's like a mixed match challenge that they're doing, the king and queen of Impact, uh, and there'll be a couple of episodes with Impact along with that. Um, okay. But that is it for now. So that's down to, I mean, 
like I said, uh, if you want to join, join me for that, then let me know. If not, no problems. But I know you will be joining me for my next episode, yeah, if, which will be if, looking if. at AEW. Yeah, because I'm, I'm heading to Florida on August 5th. So if we don't do it that week, the following week, definitely we'll do it um, um, when I'm back. And that'll be August 11th. So we could do it yeah. then. Uh, August 11th or the sixth, uh, the weekend of that, when I come back to Florida. So it'll be probably be the 13th. So I'll definitely, because, you know, like I said, the homecoming, I definitely want to do that with you. So, you know, and, and I don't want to be waiting two months to do stuff with you. I'm saying that's too long. <laughs> yeah, so well, know, that that is true. Yeah, so you know, it's like like last time we 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 hooked up was for double or nothing. That was in May. So you can't be doing this, sir. <laughs> no, 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 we will not. So okay, we, we get that sorted out for impact. But you are on our next show as well because, like I said, we'll be looking at AEW, uh, Road Rager, right. and of course Fighter Fest as well. But that is it for today. Before we go, don't forget we're across all social media at the Double Podcast. I'm at the Double. Yeah. Do you want to just tell everybody where you are? Well, you can find me at my YouTube channel, The Chokeslam Wrestling Report. I just uh, dropped a video there yesterday talking about um, several things. And then I, I, you can find me on the audio, same thing, Chokeslam Wrestling Report, on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or any audio platforms that you guys could you want to listen to or you listen to your shows. You can find me everywhere. I'm everywhere. So you can... You can't say you can't find me. There's no excuse. <laughs> well, that is true. The Dublin also on Facebook and Instagram, of course, all the Google platforms. Send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com and YouTube is the podcast. With all the latest clips of podcasts, go at the same time on YouTube is doing SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So, that is it. Like I said, our next episode is more Ultimate One, AW Road Rager, and Firefest. But until then, I've been Jay's Rodgers, and I was joined by the fantastic Altmore one. Again, it's been too long. We'll make sure it never happens again, all right? Yes, sir. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, Billy. I was Jay's Rodgers, and bye.